Hey y'all, welcome back to the NFL Heads Podcast. My name is Sid Kalyani. I'm here with Josh Shippen, and today we're going to be reviewing all of the Week 7 games, starting with Thursday Night Football, the Denver Broncos against the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland won this game 17-14 without Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, or Nick Chubb. And with Odell Beckham and Jarvis basically not even being a factor. Yeah, they won this game with Case Keenum, and Dearness Johnson, who had himself a game, I will say. Mm-hmm. 143 yards on the ground. Now it's only a time to see when Chubb and Hunt come back, where is he going to be a part? Is he just going to be, you know, back to that third string back? Or? Well, yeah, I think Dearness Johnson will have a reduced role. I don't think you can really overstate how how poorly the run defense on the Broncos played and how I think lucky Dearness Johnson got, not only that he played this team, but that he got some of the holes that he got because they were really significant. Um, what's also significant is that I think we were talking about it before the podcast. It was Josie Jewell, A.J. Johnson, Bradley Chubb, Vaughn Miller, and a few others are all out with injury. Yeah, that at least questionable. Yeah, the linebacker spot on the Broncos has taken a giant hit. And um, A.J. Johnson and Josie Jewell are both questionable to leave this year in free agency as well. So unless they get those guys back, we could the, the best of this defense might be in the rear view. Yeah, and just like a bunch of the other games, the Broncos only decide to do stuff in the second half of the game. Yay. Yeah, Sid uh, was not happy about the outcome of this game. Uh, I was talking to him about it before. I mean, yeah, I'm a huge Broncos fan, and I'm also a slight Browns fan. But this one just kind of hurt because this kind of shows the true colors of the Broncos. You were beaten by your former backup quarterback. Yes, and that's what hurt even more. <laughs> I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, they're they're just stalling. All right? I kind of wish we were more like the Chargers and we like, go for a fourth down. I don't care if we don't get it. Just I think please. everyone wishes they were more like the Chargers. Yeah. I don't care if they go like one for six. I just want us to go for fourth downs because they, they seem manageable. Right? There's like third and one on the first drive, and we're like, nah, let's punt the ball. Well, it is the first drive of the game. Yeah, but it's third and one. It's like fourth and one. Well, why not go for it? Because the Broncos have a good chance of not converting it, especially against this defense. Yeah. And if they do, they're giving up even more horrible field position. Yeah, there's that. I mean, the Broncos are just a bad football team. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, I feel like he thinks he's Drew Brees with the types of passes he's throwing, in my opinion. Like, he's throwing way too many short passes. Oh, yeah, that's true. His deep ball looked really bad. Yeah, except that first one, Cortland Sutton. His deep ball has not been that he's, great. He's, like, really under-throwing receivers. Case Keenum was under-throwing receivers, too. Yeah, but, you know. It was worse on Denver's side. Yeah. And the running game, I don't want to talk about the running game. There's oh, oh, that's a mess. Yeah. I didn't even look at that before. Portland Sutton, he's starting to come back to before his ACL tear. So that that's a good sign, maybe. Oh, my God. Kendall Hinton is still on this team. 
Yeah. The guy who started quarterback when all of the Broncos quarterbacks, except for Blake Bortles, got injured. And they, I started, think it was, uh, they started a wide receiver instead of Bortles. I think it was COVID issues. Oh, with Bortles? Yeah, the, all the oh. quarterbacks had COVID tracing, so they put Kendall Hinton in. That went well. Yeah, that went well. But right. let's move on to some games where I'm not as sad. Starting off with Washington and Green Bay, with Green Bay winning 24-10. to But I did hear that Devontae Adams might be questionable for the next game. He's out with COVID, especially because it's a a Thursday game against the Cardinals. Not only is that very, very crucial, but it means that Devontae Adams will be completely out. He does have COVID. So, yeah, that's happened. Um, It's – that's – apart from Robert Tanyan, that's their offense – I mean, that's it. It's just Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And don't get me wrong, um, Rodgers has a good relationship with Aaron Jones, Robert Robert Tunyon, Alan Lazard, MVS. Nothing, none of those are even on the same playing field as Devontae Adams, who is one of the top three receivers of uh, the past few years and of this year, too. I mean, if they're going to have... If they're going to have to, if they can win this game, it's going to be based off of can they get Aaron Jones going? And then also, can they get the other receivers going? Because they just lost their best wide out. So, yeah. Maybe. And it's against a really good Cardinals team. So. Yeah. I think the Packers are toast without Devontae Adams. Maybe. But when we get into picks on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, we'll talk about that. And on Washington's side, Taylor Heineke. Kind of had an okay game. You know you know that Taylor Heineke recession I keep mentioning? It's yeah. starting. Maybe. He had a he had a poor game. Two, this was not good. 268 passing yards, one touchdown, one pick, 95 yards on the ground. Somehow they're leading rusher. Trust me, those stats are even better than they look. Yeah. He was making bad decisions all over this game. Yeah. Uh, Terry McLaurin had seven receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Man is amazing. The second best was Ricky Seals-Jones with 51 yards. Man is okay. Yeah. I've been really disappointed with the production of uh, Antonio Gibson this year. Yeah. I thought he would be kind of a top 10, top 15 back. He's not looked it. like a high-level backup this year. But Joe Mixon has had similar slumps, and look at him. He's... He's doing amazing right now. Yeah. So uh, I think he can get past this little stutter that he's having. But for right now, it is not a good showing by Antonio Gibson. Yeah. All right, moving on to our next game. This is partly one of the reasons why I'm not exactly that sad that the Broncos are 3-4. and four. It's because the Chiefs are also 3-4. and four. Yeah. And they lost to the Titans 27-3. to three. Yeah. Gotta love it. I mean, what a mess. Mahomes... God, he's just chucking the ball everywhere now. I mean, he's getting sacked, and I don't think he wants to get sacked, so he's just chucking the ball, and then it ends up in an interception. So the leading receiver in this game was a human being named Byron, Byron Pringle. Pringle. 73 receiving yards. Get out the potato chips. Mahomes also led the team in rushing yards with 35 yards. 
Oh my gosh. Gotta love it. Well, uh, it's fair to mention they don't have Clyde Edwards Elaire back, but for what it's worth, I think Daryl Williams actually looks really explosive every time he hits the field. Yeah. Um he's not very good at breaking tackles, um, but he's super elusive, uh very quick on his feet, and just kind of very fast right out of the pocket so i feel like he could be a nice player for them if they figure out how to use him correctly yeah one of the biggest things i saw in this game was mahomes was taken out after a big hit to the head so i think they said he passed concussion but you know he has they they did that last year in the afc championship game and then they made the super bowl yeah they did (laughs) but also a big thing i'm seeing is in addition to Mahomes' bad throwing, these receivers are dropping easy catches. Yeah. I mean, it's... That's a... It was like that in the Super Bowl. It's coming back to haunt them this year. Yeah. I don't know. I know how Tyreek Hill and some of the Chiefs players in the offseason were like, "This we're going undefeated. This is our year. And now they're 3-4. and four, And they're tied with the Broncos. Yeah, Sid, if someone told you that the Chiefs would be 3-4 and four tied with the Broncos for last and <coughs> in the AFC Divisional, what would you have said? I would have said you're probably right that the Broncos are 3-4, and four, but you're insanely crazy that the Chiefs are also 3-4 and four and tied. Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody expected this. Nobody expected Mahomes to fall off like this. But I do want to address something that I found out on Twitter, and that's apparently that Patrick Mahomes is one of the great busts of all time and that everybody should be writing him off. You jackals! What are you thinking? Yeah, I understand he's not been playing to his potential, but no way he's a bust. You'd really rather have Patrick Mahomes than Chad freaking Henny? Give me a break. Mm-hmm. That is one of the worst takes I've heard ever. Yeah. Just ride it out with Mahomes. There's a reason that he got half a billion dollars. Yeah. But I mean, on the other seriously, side. Seriously, people. Yeah. On the other side, I mean, Derrick Henry, he had 86 yards. Oh, that's quieter a quieter day. That's a quiet day. But he did throw a touchdown pass. So you know what that means? Give him the MVP. Well, I, I mean, it would be a ridiculous oversight by the NFL to not give him the MVP, but knowing uh, how the NFL works, knowing and- the voters and their glorious wisdom, we'll have Aaron Rodgers ending up with the MVP and Mac Jones with that Rookie of the Year award. Yeah. And Trevon Diggs with Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. I dare them to get an award correct. I mean, they, they're heavily biased on certain positions. Right, defense. Oh yeah, MVP. That's a quarterback's position. I know running backs and other other positions have won, but in recent years, this is a quarterback favored award. What was the last running back to win it? Like Adrian Peterson. I think it was Adrian Peterson back in like twenty twelve. Oh my gosh, Derrick Henry rushed for two thousand freaking yards. Just give him the award. Give it to him belated. Just like so disappointing i understand it's partially based on record but mvp is the most valuable player what does that mean you take that player out of the team and they severely go down in rating right that is what happened week one titans cardinals they took derrick henry out of that game and the titans were terrible they're not winning a game without derrick henry they've built this team around derrick possibly but they've built this team around derrick henry jeremy mcnichols is no geno smith let's not pretend that the Titans would just go into complete disarray without him. Although I think 
that would cause their record to go from maybe 11 and 5 or 11 and 6 to 12 and 5 to like 9 and 8 no possibly yeah but but i mean they they wouldn't be as much as contenders as without Derrick Henry. Well, I agree with that, but I'm I don't I think you're overestimating the drastic. If they lost Derrick Henry for the season, I think it would cost them maybe three or four wins, but not more than that. Maybe Ryan Tannehill's a really good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I guess we haven't seen it as much because you know there's Derrick Henry. Well, but, yeah, like when they take Derrick Henry out, then it's time for him to shine. I mean. He didn't look that bad in this game. He had a couple of nice throws, especially to A.J. Brown. It's kind of how I would describe him this year. He's not bad. Not bad. I mean... He's, he's been better over the past He's definitely going to get my attention if they... If one team somehow takes out Derrick Henry like the Cardinals did, but they still win off of Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our next game, which I know you're going to like. We have the Falcons and the Dolphins Let's with the go. Falcons winning 30-28. to 28. And I believe after starting 0-3, they are now 3-3. Three and three. That is correct, Sid. They are 3-3. Three and three. I mean, Kyle Pitts. I know I kind of was a bit down on Kyle Pitts early on in the season. Oh, I wanted to I wanted to do horrible things to Kyle Pitts. Yeah, but seven receptions, 163 yards. He's starting to improve now. Mm, I don't care. I'm still mad that they picked Kyle Pitts. But yes, he's starting to improve. Uh I do think that it's really that what uh one player that's really been important to this offense is Cordero Patterson. Had a big ground game today, 14 carries, 60 yards and a touch. Uh, he's been used in the rushing game and the passing game in the past past few weeks. It's been really good for this offense. Um, Matt Ryan has uh, improved from his week one form. I'm still kind of looking for more from him, but I mean, over 300 yards passing with two touchdowns and a pick is certainly something to be proud of. On the Dolphins side, I do mm. think it's uh, n- well. It's worthy to note that Tua is not the problem. Oh, and yeah. that two is a clear upgrade on Jacoby Brissett. It's 32 of 40, 291 passing yards, four touchdowns. He did have two picks, but he didn't look that bad. He's looked worse. Yeah, he's looked worse. This was not a bad performance on him, helping get all 28 of Miami's points on the board, but they gave up 30 to Atlanta. And I think it's no longer... Um, it's no longer fair to say, oh, well, it was the Falcons' defense. Because I think the Falcons' defense is slightly below average, whereas before you could make an argument that they were the worst in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I I am a little disappointed that this game was close. But at the same time, that was just as much due to the fact that the Dolphins nearly came back and stole this game than it was that the Falcons just laid down and died because I don't think they did and I think the fact that they actually closed out this game is something that the old Falcons were notoriously horrible at accomplishing and one of the reasons I left them in the first place so I really like this showing from Atlanta and also they're making the playoffs they're doing it maybe let's not get no they are nope they are all right well that's a discussion for later all right, moving on to our next game. We have the New England Patriots and the New York Jets with New England completely destroying the Jets, 54-13. We, we could skip this one if you wanted. Uh, 
I'm kidding. It may I'm, just, I'm just about It's hurt. worthy to note that Zach Wilson did leave with a knee injury. He's <sighs> getting an MRI in that. I know how much that hurts you. I can go back to hating the Jets with a clear conscience, though. They have Mike White now at quarterback. Who? Mike White, I think. Who is this clown? I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna look him up while you keep going. Yeah. Um. I know I said I thought the Jets were going to win in a previous podcast. But, you know, I was wrong. And for some reason, it seems like when Mac Jones plays the Jets or the Texans, he seems to go Tom Brady mode. And against all other teams, he starts playing like normal Mac Jones again. Mm. I mean, I think you could put Davis Mills out there and have him have a field day against the Jets' defense at this point. Um, yeah. But this is a really huge loss for New York, of course. Oh, yeah. And if there's one good thing to come out of this Zach Wilson injury, it's that all of you clowns, you simpletons, who've been doubting Zach Wilson can see exactly what this offense is like when Mike White is running it. Or how about Joe Flacco, who is roughly 58 <laughs> years old? Oh, and they, they gave up a they gave up a pick for Joe Flacco in 2021. That is ridiculous. That is horrible. Horrible front office management when Cam Newton is sitting on the street ready to be signed. I would take Cam Newton over Joe Flacco any day of the week. I would take a jar of sand over Joe Flacco. I don't want to see him play anymore. Yeah, after that 2012 Ravens Super Bowl run, Joe Flacco kind of died. That was... That was was 10 seasons ago. Yeah, that was 10 seasons ago. What are we doing uh, half of your roster is built like a college roster, and the other half is built like it's from 2012. Be better at your jobs, New York Jets front office. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, if Zach Wilson doesn't come back, they're losing, like, the remaining of the games. Because I don't trust Mike White at all. It should be two to four weeks. So hopefully this hell should only last a little while. Yeah, hopefully. But, you know, Mike White... I don't know what to say about him. He's kind of iffy. He stinks. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next game now. New York Giants against the Carolina Panthers with New York winning 25-3. to I officially don't like this Panthers team. They benched Sam Darnold in this game for P.J. Walker. <sighs> that was a stupid decision. Sam Darnold had, was 16 of 25, 111 yards, and one pick. Here's the thing about P.J. Walker. I've seen the man play. Sam Darnold's an upgrade. But, man, he's just throwing picks all over the place and has looked really horrible over four weeks, which is surprising because of how good the first three weeks looked. Um, the Giants looked fine. I don't think they needed to do much to beat the Panthers. But really, my main takeaway from this game is that the Dolphins don't need Deshaun Watson. The Panthers do. Yeah. Tua was not the problem. It was that Pan- it was that Dolphins organization. Now, starting to look like it's Darnold's problem. Well, and it should be said that Darnold is um, only one of the things holding this team back. I would say the only aspect of this team that I like right now is DJ Moore. Yeah. Who's looked increasingly great over the past few weeks. Other than that, I mean, there's just nothing. But I mean, I thought this game was going to be quite easy for the Panthers to win. 
And they end up only scoring three points. Yeah. This proves, by the way, this proves my point about the Giants that they're not as bad as the Lions. I will agree with you on that now, after the past couple of weeks. I mean, we'll talk about the Lions. Yeah. All right. Moving on to one of my favorite games this week, Cincinnati against Baltimore. With Cincinnati winning 41-17... Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase both had career days with Joe Burrow passing for 416 passing yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Jamar Chase having 201 receiving yards and a touchdown. Call the fight. <laughs> it's over. Give him the rookie of the year. If he's not, What rook- are we waiting for? If End they, of the season. <laughs> if they don't give Jamar Chase rookie of the year, I'm going to stop watching the NFL. That's a little extreme. But also... Yeah, after after missing out on giving the MVP to Derrick Henry and not giving the Rookie of the Year to Justin Jefferson and not giving the Defensive Player of the Year to TJ Watt, the league needs to get their crap right. Yeah. They should really take this gimme that they're getting with Jamar Chase. Yeah. I mean, on this game, at halftime, it was 13-3 Bengals. And this seemed like... a competitive game especially on the defensive side because both quarterbacks were struggling a bit early on and then you know the Bengals pedal to the middle all the way this is one of those rare games where I didn't pick the outcome but I still liked it yeah like I liked the outcome normally I get kind of butthurt when uh teams go against my picks not this time this was this was a really fun game I always get a lot of joy out of seeing Joe Burrow just set another team completely on fire. But one thing I will say is that one bad throw he had came on a fourth. No, it wasn't a fourth down. They were in the red zone and he took a sack and threw a pick back to back in the end zone. And it was just a lot of poor decision making that almost never happens with Burrow. It did happen once, though, and I feel like it is worth mentioning, at yeah. least. Yeah, but on the other side, he's playing amazing. We're he showing is. signs of what could have been the Cincinnati team last year had he not gotten injured. Mm-hmm. And that's also saying something. This Bengals offensive line is not doing as bad as I thought it was. It's doing really well, and they're starting to... If you... If you listen to the broadcast, not the not the televised broadcast, but on Game Pass, the local and local broadcasters, they'll point out how much those offensive linemen are patting themselves on the back, just doing like a great job. Yeah, uh, it's more in the pass protection, I would say, than the run protection. Um, I also think Joe Mixon creates a lot of the run uh, rushing yards himself. Yeah, but. I mean, Either way, it's just been it's been a great year for this offensive line. It's been a great year for this team in general. I think the Bengals are actually one of the most fun teams in the NFL to watch. They are atop of the AFC right now. Well, the, AFC. Well, yes, they are atop the AFC right now. Never mind. And the Ravens, this was not a bad game for the first half, but the second half, it was uh, kind of a terrible yeah, and I'm not worried because usually they're very strong at closing out games, and this was a really dominant Bengals team today, but it's something to keep an eye on for the future. Yeah, but I'd have to see a couple more games like this for me to get worried about the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not worried. Yeah. All right, moving on to our next game, we have Philadelphia against Las Vegas. The Raiders winning 33-22. to Um, 
the Raiders seem to have gotten back to their first couple of weeks form. That didn't last that long. Yeah. That little two-game stretch was probably nothing. Uh, I mean, Derek Carr still playing at a high level this season. He had three incompletions for the entire game. Technically two incompletions and one pick, but still, three non-completions. That's ridiculous. That's amazing. That is completely ridiculous. uh, That's 34 pass attempts, by the way. It wasn't like they were just handing it to Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake all day, which they certainly were not. This was 34 quality, or 31 quality passes out of 34 attempts. Absolutely. No Darren Waller in this game either. It was all on the backs of Foster Moreau, Hunter Henry, and Brian Edwards. Yeah. Uh, The Eagles, they did lose Zach Ertz to the Cardinals. That's not a huge loss. Yeah, I mean, they were playing kind of bad the rest of the season. They decided to only play in the second half. Like, you know, a bunch of other teams that we don't talk about. The Eagles are very much a second-half team. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of been their MO through seven weeks. Yeah. And that's come back to bite them every single time. Look, the only... Except for against the Panthers. The only team that could possibly win being down quite a bit in the second half is the Chiefs, but not this Chiefs. Yeah. Last season Chiefs, yeah, probably. Two seasons ago. Absolutely. But no team has that same type of firepower on offense. Yeah, that. and if they did, they probably wouldn't be down that much at halftime. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a mess. So Raiders, good team. Eagles, bad team. Agree. <laughs> Agree. All right, moving on. We have a surprising game with <laughs> Los Angeles Rams against the Detroit Lions. The Lions were somehow leading in this game. Yeah, I don't care. Detroit still sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean. I liked this game out of all the other games because the Lions started playing Madden, you know, going for fourth down, faking two punts, you know. I wish more teams did this. Yeah, this is fun. This is fun football. Like, I don't care if the Lions lose the remainder of their games. I want to see them play like this. Because this is a bad, bad football team that scored 19 points. Against the Los Angeles Rams. Think of how good the Rams would be if they played Madden. Think about every team if they played Madden. Well, the Chargers kind of do. Well, the Char- yeah, the Chargers do play Madden. And you see how they're turning out so yeah, far. Yeah, they score like... It's a it's lot. literally if you went on a franchise mode in All-Pro. They, they drop like 50 points. They give up about 48. Their quarterback has super inflated stats. Yeah. But hey, that's the type of football I want to watch. Yeah. That's exciting football. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of exciting football this week, unfortunately. Yeah. But this was just a weirdly intriguing game. Yeah, Stafford is playing like Stafford. Cooper Cup is now on pace to have the most fantasy points by a wide receiver in a season. And I drafted him in our Dynasty League. I'm so excited. 10 catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns for Cup. He's not bad. He's not bad. He's like Derrick Henry numbers through the air. Yeah. Stafford is showing out. The run game, you know, it's a bit iffy, but when it's against the Lions... I mean, Daryl Henderson's been pretty good this year. Yeah, he's been pretty solid. But, but he hasn't been super consistent. Yeah, then the Lions... Uh, you know, they're the Lions. 0-7. Oh, 
they deserve 0 and 7. Yeah. Even if they play Madden. Yeah. Even if they undo that trade, they should be 0 and 7. Yeah. They're they're horrible. Yeah. Well, there's that. And moving on to our next game, we have the Arizona Cardinals against the Houston Texans with Arizona winning 31 to 5. I was confused at some point cuz the Texans actually scored points against this team. Five of them, in fact. Yes, five. With Davis Mills throwing for 135 passing yards. Woof. Yay. Uh, Ravens are still the only undefeated team at 7-0. and They did add Zach Ertz. Or, sorry, the Cardinals, yeah. Um, they added Zach Ertz, who got a touchdown this game. 66 yards, too. Yeah. Becoming this... the first player to get a touchdown with two teams and you know two separate in back-to-back weeks. Man, the first three players on this uh list of leading receivers for the Cardinals look like a great great 2014 squad. Oh yeah. Zach Ertz, AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, that would have been killer. Oh yeah. Definitely. Kyler Murray He's playing pretty good. Oh yeah, Kyler Murray not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. Possible MVP. Awesome. If they just have to give it to a quarterback, they should probably give it to Kyler. Kyler Murray, yeah. And then, you know, the Texans, their leading rusher was David Johnson with 25 yards. I would really love to forget that David Johnson still plays in the NFL. Yeah. He's lost a lot of steps. I don't know why they decided to think that David Johnson is definitely a over DeAndre Hopkins. We should what trade. A stupid trade. They were going over that in the uh in the broadcast on Sunday and it just reiterated how stupid Bill O'Brien was and really how petty because of the circumstances of that trade and man, just what a dumb decision. David Johnson a second and a fourth for DeAndre Hopkins. And like a fleet of backups. I think they gave up, like, Nico Collins and Ross Blacklock, too. Yep. I mean, wow. Well, now we know the Texans organization is very, very bad. Yeah. All right, moving on to the last couple of games. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears with Tampa Bay destroying the Bucks 38-3. to Brady has now become the first NFL player to throw 600 career touchdown passes. Yay. I I'm just like why? It's it's a little ridiculous at this point. I've just stopped caring about the awards that Tom Brady has been winning. One thing I did want to add, that clown who got the uh, 600th touchdown pass. Did you did you read about that? Uh yes, Mike Evans gave away the 600 uh ball to some kid in the stands. And they had to give him back. They had to do some trading. It was like two, two signed jerseys. Uh, uh, two s- season passes, one for the Raiders this year and one for next year. Oh, I didn't know they did that. And then, like, a couple of other things that Brady was going to promise him. Like then, a signed helmet, too? Maybe. Brady said he might also give him a Bitcoin, but, you know. Oh, who cares about yeah. that? Uh, but Mike Evans uh, was kind of not smart on that, on his part. But, you know, they still got the ball back. And how is he supposed to know that that was the 600th touchdown pass? I'm starting to wonder how much these players care about some of these records. Like on the one uh, Ravens game where they missed out on breaking the rushing record, they were all just like, who cares? We won. Yeah, because I mean, if they tried to go for that rushing record, they were losing the game. 
Well, with the Col- with how the Colts were playing, they might, yeah. still might have won. But, you know. We'll talk about the Colts. Yeah. You know, the Justin Fields, rough game for him. Very rough game for Fields. Yeah. And, I mean, the Bucks were up 35-3 to in this game. And they were still somehow trying to play. I mean... This is also like Madden. When you're beating a team really badly and you just keep beating it while it's down like a like a horse. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bucks are definitely going to make the playoffs. Bears, I don't think so. Just they still could. This Bears organization, it's... Mm. With that extra spot, you don't think they could squeeze in at like 8 and 9? Maybe, but that's if, you know, Justin Fields and the rest of this team show out now, because... You don't think that's possible? I don't think... It it might be possible, but I'm kind of skeptical on that. I feel like it's within the realm of possibility, at least. Maybe. Well, on to our Sunday night football game, the Indianapolis Colts against the San Francisco 49ers, with Indianapolis winning 30-18... to the football gods were very merciful in giving us a good game on this one. Oh, yeah. I definitely thought this was going to be a bad game for this Sunday night football. But this was definitely a lot better than I thought. Yeah. Um, it's still It still goes to show how far the 49ers have fallen and really how many injuries they've taken. Yeah. Um. Debo Samuel had a good game as usual, 100 yards, one touchdown. Um, They did mention in the broadcast that there hasn't been a Pro Bowl wide receiver in San Francisco since 2003, and I think that definitely could be changing this year with Debo. He's been really excellent. Yeah, definitely. And then on the Colts side, Michael Pittman had 105 yards on a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor over 100 yards. Finally was good on the ground again. Yeah. So, I'm starting to rekindle some hope for this uh, Indianapolis team. Nope, they're in the same division as the Titans. They're toast. I don't see them winning the division, but maybe they could squeeze in to a possible wildcard spot. Uh, I think the Bears are more likely to do that. Now, on to a primetime game that did suck. Monday Night Football. was a horrible game. New Orleans against Seattle, with New Orleans winning 13-10. Ugh. How did they win only 13 to 10? We may never know. I almost fell asleep during this game. It was horrible. Oh, I did. I did fall asleep during this game. The only good things I saw was that Kamara went over 100 yards in receiving yards, and DK had a nice 80-yard touchdown catch. But besides that, this game was really bad. Just admit that Geno sucks. Call the fight. Yeah, yeah Gino, Gino does suck. They need Russ back. He's... It's- I mean, it's a clear, clear decrease in quality. Um, there were a lot of horrible things about this game. For one, Marshawn Lattimore and DK Metcalf looked like a couple of third graders trying to kill each other out there. Yeah. Really embarrassing to see by both teams. I I don't know what the exact numbers of the penalty yards are, but it has to be really bad. Yeah. Um, and <sighs> these two offenses are just horrible. The Saints have no business being 4-2. and two. Um, Jameis Winston was making some good throws and the receivers were just dropping gimme passes, especially a lot of deep passes. Um, 
Elevating Kevin White from the practice squad was not really a good decision on their part. Yeah. Traquan Smith and Winston were getting out and on the sideline. Meanwhile, he's dropping balls all over on the field, so maybe calm down a little, Traquan. On the Seahawks, TK Metcalf, we talked about Gerald Everett kind of being a knucklehead. What a, what a, just a, it, it was just a bad football game. Yeah. I mean, do we know there's anything on Michael Thomas on when he's going to come back? No. They said that he's off of the pup list, but that he hasn't practiced and that he's not in this game. So I think he's eligible to play, but he's not playing, which is not a good sign for New Orleans. And uh, if there's anyone who might be traded, I would expect that it's him. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps up all the Week 7 games. A merciful ending. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening. If you liked it, please consider following us, hitting the notification bell, and writing a comment. We do have our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. We'll be back, I believe, Thursday for the Week 8 preview. Am I correct? Yes. Um, I'm Sid Kalyani here with Josh Shippen, and we'll see you all later. See ya.